Hi everyone, you're free to get real parental coaching podcast and you're listening to your host Sandra True. So today I've got David Campbell. He's got so many fingers in his pies, literally got six, seven podcasts going on. Absolutely crazy. But more importantly, he is a dad and that is why we're here to talk about his journey and just see if any of the listeners can resonate with anything that he's saying when his children were small. So let's welcome Dave onto the show. How are you, Dave? Hello, Sandra. Greetings from Canada. Nice to be here with you. Canada, lovely. I've been there once and it's very clean. That's what I remember it being very clean. That's my job to keep it all clean. So I love it. Thanks. I love that. So let's get cracking there, Dave. And if you can just sort of tell the listeners a little bit about yourself in terms of how many children you have, uh, boys and girls, how old they are, and just your sort of journey that you found when they were smaller, really. Yeah. So I have three adult children. Uh, my oldest is 25. My youngest is 20. Uh, boy, girl, boy are the three. Uh, love my kids. Super amazing smart kids uh, doing great things in life, which is exciting for me as a parent. Uh, my wife and I have been married uh, coming up on 30 years, which is amazing that someone would stick with me that long. I, I have no idea how I did that. But anyway, so uh, my wife Jennifer and I um, are now empty nesters. So we're in a totally different place in our world and learning how to navigate having all of this stuff everywhere. Like my kids' stuff is still here, but they're not here. So what we do is charge them an admittance fee to come into the house to see their stuff like a museum, you know, and then we make some money. Like yeah, we make some money on the side. So it's great. But yeah, my kids growing up, it, exciting to to be a dad. I think that was probably the biggest moment for me. And what with my oldest, I remember walking out of the hospital with my wife, carrying my son, thinking no one's coming home with me, Sandra, to make sure I do this right. There's no one. It's like they're just waving goodbye. See you. And they're like, no one's checking up on me. Like no one's going to come by in an hour to make sure I'm a good dad. Nope. Nope. You're good. See you. You know, and I'm thinking that's a weird feeling as a dad. That was going to be my next question. How did that make you feel in terms of this brand new baby in your arms? What were your emotions? What were you going through? Completely inadequate. I thought I knew what I was doing. I had no idea. And I think that's probably part of the reason why I started my podcast for dads as well is I wanted to talk to men and tell them they're going to be okay because I didn't have something like that. I had my parents, I had family and friends, but after a while they all go home and you're sitting there with a crying baby at three in the morning trying to figure out what am I doing wrong and there's no one to ask. And you're a little afraid to ask for help because you don't want people to see you as a failure as a dad. So you try to do your best. And my wife needs me. My son needs me. But I need time for me as well as a dad. And what I love about what you're doing is you're putting a spotlight on the dad I was with my first child in that I really struggled to find my place in life because I didn't know who I was as a dad. And I felt a little neglected in the sense that my wife would go to all these amazing parties and celebrations for the birth of my son. She would take him and go and get presents and come home. And I wasn't invited. And I felt kind of like, but I'm part of this too. Like I want to celebrate, but again, there's no guys there. It's a bunch of my wife's friends, but at the same time, the guy friends, they weren't doing anything to celebrate. So I felt a little little left out that I wanted to be part of that celebration. So I, I just want to reach out to men like you're doing and say, listen, there's a spot for you in all of this and you really do matter. And we want to shine a light on you and how great you are as a dad, because even though you don't know what you're doing, you're doing something great. So keep doing that. Absolutely love that story. And you're so right in terms of there's no manual, there's no, and even if there are books, 
You could read as much as you like, but they're not going to give you the real story, the real feelings. You know, it is something you sort of have to almost experience on your own, but it's a support. Where's the support network and where's the support for dad? So once you got home and you've got your new baby, three months in, how was that for you? Because I always find three months is quite a challenging time. Yeah, it's trying to get into a routine, trying to figure out how I can work to help my wife. In Canada, we have nine months of maternity leave, so she was off from work for nine months. So she was getting into the routine of her days, and I'm trying to figure out my spot as well. And the one thing that we talked about before we record, you mentioned a similar thing happened to me. I remember being out with my son when he was really small, and I would take him on Saturday mornings to let my wife sleep and just have a morning to herself. The two of us, myself and my son, would just jump in the car and we'd go do something when he was really small. And I did that for like every Saturday for years, and it was. My my wife's special time to be alone and just have the house to herself, which was normal for a mom to have your house to yourself. But I remember sitting there in a restaurant or something and someone would come up and they would know me and they're like, oh, are you watching your son today? Um, uh, Is your wife working? It's like, well, no, she's at home. Oh, are you babysitting? No, I'm not babysitting. This is my son. Um, Does your wife know you're out today? Yes. My wife knows I'm out today. I, I my son. And I'm like, in that moment, I'm thinking, why is that default setting of of you're watching your children though I'm parenting? That's what I'm doing. I'm actually parenting. And no one ever asked my wife, are you watching your son for your husband? That wasn't the opposite. There wasn't a balance to that question. So I'm like, why is that? So again, I felt a little off in the sense I had to explain myself as to why I was out with the kids. And maybe that could be because men don't do that often enough. Maybe. But there was something about that situation that made me go, why are people asking that question? I don't understand. I feel that for you. I absolutely feel that for you. And I've heard a few scenarios very, very similar to what you're saying. You you couldn't have felt good about that. You wouldn't feel good because you're out with your son. And that word babysitting, oh, that I tell you, there's many words that irritate me and babysitting is one of them. (laughs) You can't babysit your child. Right. Even if you look, look up in the dictionary what the word babysitting means. Yeah. Children, no, you don't know. That's who you babysit for. You can't babysit your child. It's your child. Oh. So very hard to understand and process. And I guess that's, again, why I love your podcast idea and what you're doing and why I'm trying to do something similar with dad spaces. I just want men to know that you're going to be okay as a dad. You Again, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect. And you're learning as you go. It make it a little easier with your second and third child was for me, but those first learnings, those three months, you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. You're gonna be frustrated. You're not gonna have an answer to questions that you can't find answers to, where normally you can pretty well be self-sufficient. You're not self-sufficient anymore because you have this new life. And for me right now, I'm, I'm on the verge of moving from a dad to a grandfather, which I which is weird for me. My youngest is going to be having a child in the next few weeks. And now I have, I'm having that same feeling again of inadequacy. My wife is excited. She's going to become a grandma. She's nesting. I've got baby stuff now everywhere. I'm like, what are we going to do with all this stuff? Oh, we need a stroller. We need a crib. We need to think. I'm like, oh my gosh, where are we going to put all this stuff? And I'm sitting here in the corner going, 
what about me? And it feels weird to be a little selfish, to be honest, but I don't know my role as a grandfather-to-be, and I feel like I'm reliving the very first birth of my child 25 years ago. Now I'm doing it again, and I'm sitting in the corner going, where are the men to help me answer this question? What's my role? I don't know what my role is as a parent now, and now I'm a grandparent-to-be? I don't get it. That's so interesting. Absolutely interesting that you have those feelings coming back when now in, in this day and age, there should be loads of support hitting you left, right and centre. So as a glamma myself, I can tell you it is wonderful. It is wonderful. And, you know, I think it's those conversations that you should have with your wife that you don't understand now that I'm going to be a grandfather. What is my role? You're buying up all these things, but do I need to buy things as well? Or, you know, it'll be nice to have those conversations. So she is there to still support you as it's just you two in the household now anyway. Yeah, she's very excited. And I love that she's full of excitement for this new life that's coming. And I don't want anybody to think I'm not excited, but I think I'm more nervous. Yeah. A little apprehensive in that I just don't know like how far my role is. Like what does the Moe son need? And it comes to a conversation I know, but what does my son need from me and what does he not need from me? Like how do I stay out of the way but be involved? Yes. That balance between the two is what I'm dealing with right now. And that's always going to be tricky for any grandparent, to be fair. And you just have to find your way as you go and you'll sort of learn as you go because we're always learning, aren't we? No matter what given situation, we're always learning. So just going back to you being a dad now, at what point did you feel, you know, I've got this? Uh, you know, I, I feel confident, empowered. I'm a dad. I've got this now. We're all good. Well, felt like that as my kids got older and I knew I couldn't break them. Like, you know, hey, you're so fragile. You're like, oh my gosh. But as you see them kind of find their way in life and then you start to see yourself and your kids, that's the weirdest moment because it's like a little you right? Walking around there, emulating you and being a sponge and picking up everything you do, good and bad, and feeding it right back to you. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing all the things that I didn't see when I looked in the mirror. I see it when I look at my children because they're demonstrating it to me. So I know parents where the children will use language that's not appropriate for a child. And you're like, where did you get that? When they, well, I got it from you. It's like, oh, uh-uh. Oh, right. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's me. Right. And I, I'm just like, it's amazing how ama- how they pick up on who you are and how they bring out the qualities, good and bad, of you as a person. And it puts a focus back on you to say, how are you growing? How are you improving? And what, what are you demonstrating to your kids? What are they learning from you when you're not even saying anything? And what do they think of you when you're not in the room? That's really important because now I'm seeing it lived out as adult children in a new stage of life where they're not interested in my opinion as much, but they're interested in having me around and using me as a resource on their terms, not on my terms. And again, that's a new ballpark for me. That's a whole new thing that I'm trying to find my way. So again, going back to your podcast, I love the idea that you're helping men navigate seasons of life so that they can find their role because we need this. We definitely need this. Absolutely. And I always say a child must see their parents as their superhero. There should be nobody else out there who the child looks up to more than their parents, more than their dad, more than their mum. You've got to be this pinnacle for them. And that is, you know, their hierarchy. Like, you know, there's nobody better than my dad. My dad did this and my dad's that. That is the role model that you need to portray for your children. 
so that they can have trust in you, they have faith in you, they have confidence in you, they will come to you about all those little things that they want to come to you, especially if the girls as well, a nice dad-girl relationship, because dads tend to think, you know, they got the whole boy thing, because I was a boy once, so you sort of know. But once you have a girl child, the dynamics are slightly different, uh, because you have more intimate things to talk about that you may not necessarily understand or qualified enough to answer any of those sort of questions. So you've got a daughter. Yes. So tell us about that. If you experienced those teenage years, those menstrual cycle years, how did you get involved in those? Yeah. So for me, I remember when my daughter was born, taking her out of the room, all the family gathered around and I went for a walk with her down the hallway. She's only like a day or two old and I'm just going to go for a walk, a daddy daughter walk. And I just remembered just that overwhelming joy in my heart for her in that I had now a boy and a girl at that time. And that's, for me, I felt like I was a millionaire that I had her, right? And so growing up with her, it's funny, I, my wife wasn't allowed to do her hair. I was the only one allowed to do her hair. So it'd be like, no dad, no mommy, daddy only, daddy please. Right. So that was my job. For some reason, I, I inherited that. And I'm not good at hair, just so you know. But that was my role. She wanted me to do her hair. So we had a great bond growing up. And I think the biggest thing for me was she would sit with me in my chair and just kind of snuggle up on me, which is little, and fall asleep on me and all that. And she did that right into like high school. She would like just plop herself down on my chair with me and just kind of snuggle in, right? And I can remember those days like they were yesterday, but then there was a point where they just kind of stopped. And that was sad because you knew that was the end of that chapter, that we would be snuggling on. And again, it's when she's 18, snuggling with her dad's not cool anymore. But when she was little, that was like my, my moment with her. And, you know, we could just sit there and not even say anything, but that was, that was our time. And I think that was one of the things that she had growing up, that she knew she had that time anytime she wanted. So that was really special for me. Lovely. I love that. Absolutely love that. She will always remember those. And I always say to my clients as well, create memories, create positive memories, because us as adults, we think about our childhood and were they happy ones? Were they sad ones? What could have been different? Now that I'm a parent, how can I change that for my children and create positivity for my children? So one of the funniest things I said, I asked her when she was little, um, I said, you know what, when you go out on your first date, daddy wants to come with you. And she was like, would you do that? Oh, it's like she's little, right? So we had this agreement that I would be available for her first date. And then when I reminded her of that later on, she denied it completely. But it was so fun just being able to say, you know, hey, let's have that kind of relationship. And I always teased her saying, when we get, when daddy gets old, you're, I'm going to move into your house when you're an adult and you can take care of me. Um, I'm just going to stay at your house. And she's like, whatever, right? But that was kind of a joke between the two of us that I just kind of move in with her when I retire. And uh, I don't think it's going to ever happen, but... Um, I wanted to keep the door open. So. I love that. So you've got three children. So once you have three children, the, the dynamics within the household completely changes. So once you had your third child, how was that for you as a dad of three? How did you feel like you managed that? Well, when we got to the third, third child was a boy as well. So then we were outnumbered as parents. So now, <laughs> now it's dangerous because there's only two of us and three of them. So it's not fair odds for us. Uh, I guess what you see is your children start to demonstrate some parenting skills, especially for the youngest one, where they kind of step in and help, which is 
quite unique because then the youngest gets the benefit of having two parents, but also two siblings that love, love them as well, where the oldest, which is him and us. So the dynamics are different, right? And then when my daughter comes, she's the only girl. So she gets a special part of us because she's the only girl. So every each each of the three of them have their own uniqueness within the family, which is, I like that. And I just love the fact that as a family, we can do things, we can grow together and do things that spark memories for them. And I think that's the biggest thing. If I could rewind and go all the way back again, was to create more of those opportunities. Because it, for the most part, you get about 17, 18 summers, holidays, birthdays with your kids, and then they start moving to the next thing. Yeah. And if you think of it, that's it's only 17. That's not a big number, right? Before they start exercising their muscles and pull away from you as a parent. So if you think you have this long runway of time with your children, you don't. So enjoy every single birthday, every single holiday, every whatever with your children, because it's a limited amount. And nobody told me that when I was a young dad. And I really wish they had, because I think I would have poured a little bit more of me into them and a little less time at the office or whatever else I was doing. I think now I would have given it a little bit more attention. It's interesting though, Dave, because it's one of those things where when somebody tells you something because they've got more experience over you, how much of that would you take in? Now that you're older and you've got more experience on your side, you can give that knowledge down to the next person but how much of that do you feel like they will take in and listen I just think it is about what happens and it's all about sort of wishing you had done things different and you know the shoulda coulda wouldas right as I say sort of thing but life is what it is you still have three beautiful children you still parented you know they still love you you still love them you're still in communications with them and everything and that's going to be the most important thing that there's still so much love between you and your children yeah I think if there was podcasts back when I was a young dad I would be all over them yeah because I could have you in my ears encouraging me like you or show bringing on great guests and learning from them and I think there's a there's a line that I love that there's wisdom in the counsel of many and that hearing many voices and then you Using that wisdom that you learn from hearing from these people can help shape parenting style. And I guess that's maybe my point is I didn't have uh, a plethora of wisdom and voices coming to me in this format that I think I would have benefited definitely from having this podcasting thing happening back 25 years ago. I would have been all over this. And to, to, to know that I could have this in my earbuds as I'm sitting in the hospital days away from becoming a father, I would be listening to this in the waiting room instead of reading a magazine that's been there for 10 years. I would be listening to your voice speaking to me saying, okay, you're going to be a dad tomorrow. Here's what I would suggest. Or here's a lesson from a dad who's now going to be a grandfather on what he thought he needed back when he was in your spot. Here's some wisdom from him. Take what you can use, but you have to be open on your end to receive it. Absolutely. Right? And I think that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And gosh, you know, I didn't have internet, you know, when I was growing up. No internet, devices. You know, if you wanted to meet somebody, they'd better be there at the end of the street. Otherwise, you're on your own. Well, look what we're doing right now, right? It's amazing that we can have a conversation like this. That's crazy to me. And I love it. <laughs> We've come a long way, but we've still got so much more work to do in terms of the dad space that you have, in terms of the dad podcast that I have. And I know there's a lot of things going on within the workplace as well, building that level of equality for parental rights. They are allowed to have as long as the mother with her maternal rights. So 
I see improvements in certain areas. I believe having podcasts like this to help put it out there, so to speak. And, you know, the more voices there are, the better it is. So, you know, we're building our own community of dad space. And, you know, the further it can get, the better. Right. Yeah. And I think um, as we kind of close off here in a minute, for one thing I would say to dads, this is probably the one thing I didn't know the, the value of to this extent is to listen to your partner, listen to your wife in those first three months, those first few years. Don't come with answers. Just come to listen and let them talk and let them share what they're feeling. Because as much as you want to be there for your children as a father, you need to be there for your partner as well. They need you in a totally unique way that you don't know how to you don't know how to do, you don't know how to be, but you need to be there. So if only you can just listen, then listen, because I think you're going to build a bond with your partner that will take you through 30 years of marriage, all of the ups and downs of being a parent to the point where you can have each other back as an empty nesting couple. And now you have the joy of having each other back in your lives and you don't have any distractions. I don't have to take my kids anywhere. <laughs> They're good. I don't have to drive them around. I, all of the food that I buy stays in the refrigerator. I don't have to fight for my my snacks. They're all here, and it's awesome. It's so good. So uh, build build that relationship from the beginning. Pour into your partner. Be there and listen because again, they need you, but you need them as well. So just remember that. Dave, I couldn't put that better myself. So thank you so much for your words of wisdom. Thank you very much for jumping on this podcast. It's been a pleasure. I've absolutely enjoyed it. I love that. And where can people get hold of you, Dave? The best place I would say is to go to dadspace, D-A-D-S-P-A-C-E dot C-A, because I'm in Canada, dadspace dot C-A. And you have links there to the podcast. And I think I'm going to have this great podcaster come on there sometime in the future named Sandra. So... <laughs> Make sure you look for that episode for sure and give that a lot of love because I'd love to have you on my podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I would love to come on. So I'm going to put the show notes below, all your details, so people could just click on the link and they'll find their way to you. So thanks again and thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you got some takeaways from the show and I shall speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.